Welcome to the Spiritual Recharge Podcast, brought to you by SpiritualRecharge.com. This is your place to experience peace and higher consciousness while recharging the battery of your soul. So get comfortable, take a few relaxing breaths, and settle in to this sacred time for yourself. This is Ariel Hecht, and I'm here with our host, Michael McIntosh. Our warmest welcome to you. Thank you for your beautiful presence. And now we'll hear from Michael. How would it feel if you kept your beautiful heart open? If you really felt that everyone in the world is part of your family, one family, and you released the feeling of us versus them, what would happen if everyone felt we're one big family with love? We're connected to everyone. How would that make the world a different place? In this session, you're going to learn how to really experience this deeper and deeper and how it can transform your relationships, your emotional state, and also how you respond to the events of the world that you see on your phone and on computers and the news. How you can have a different response to it that doesn't disturb you as much, but is actually proactively helping in the various things that are happening in the world. And you're going to learn two major paradigm shifts that you can start to move into that will make your whole life feel much, much lighter and allow you to have your heart open so that you can feel that love and you can become a loving presence in the world even more than you are now because I'm sure you're already a very loving soul anyway. So this is a very, very deep thing and there's a huge need for this. Right now there's so much negativity in the world. There's a huge tribalism going on. Tribalism has been going on a long time. The idea of people dividing themselves into tribes. It happens very naturally actually because of this idea that we're all a bit different. I was given an example when I went to Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio, staying with in-laws. And um, they were driving around different places. And there's the Jewish area where mo nearly everyone is Jews living in that area. And then you go along and there's the black area and all of a sudden everyone is black. Right? I'm Because I'm, I've never seen this in England. I come from England. I've never noticed these like big clear divisions and then there's apparently there's the gay area and then there's this and that and there's all these different groups who've who've congregated together in certain different parts of cleveland and it's that they sort of like there's an expression um, birds of a feather flock together and it's fascinating to me to witness that because i hadn't actually physically seen that in a in a city before it was a bit surprising but the same thing, you have like the Indian area, there's the Chinatown, there's all these different things. 
So people naturally do this, divide themselves into groups. And it can get out of hand. I'm not saying that it should or shouldn't be that way, but it's just an interesting thing that seems to happen. And then you have political groups, you know, the Democrats versus the Republicans, the left versus the right, you know, there's this whole thing. And then there's different teams, you know, people love their sports, and there's this team versus that team. And so the, this is seems to be going on a lot. And, and what happens because of this? If you are holding on to one position, then you have to take the anti-position of the other side. This is why Mother Teresa, for example, she never got into politics because she said, as soon as I take a position, I won't be able to love the other side. If she took any political position, then the other opposing position, she would have a problem with those people. So this is this is part of the human ego is to divide everything up, and and you've probably heard on if you go online, there's lots and lots of people fighting against various different groups, groups fighting other groups, and then there's people calling everyone sexist or bigoted or racist or transphobic or homophobic or and you know so there's this whole breaking things into groups and then getting upset about people who don't go along with another group or a certain belief system and it's really a bit of a disaster what's happening in the world right now and it's only getting worse because of social media and algorithms uh, facebook and all these big companies they have algorithms which means the the way of them processing data and deciding what to show you so when you go on social media the, the things that you see on your feed they're not in in order of whatever was posted they're selected for you based on what you're likely to engage with and they've found that the things that we're likely to engage with are the things that cause outrage so unfortunately what keeps people on social media typically is content which makes them angry because they want to comment on it and fight about it and the systems promote are seeing that sort of thing so it makes the world even worse right and we can have a whole session just on that it's a big topic but the point we are looking at here is that there is this tendency to break into groups and then fight against the other groups. Religions do this as well. So you've got this major issue going on and what's happening as a result of that? People are very closed, generally speaking. The heart is closed. It's open to some people and closed to everyone else. I have a friend in Russia, and old friend of mine, and he came to see me recently, last year. And I said to him, what, what have you noticed the difference between Russia and America? And he said, in America, he can strike up a conversation with pretty much anyone. You know, if he's waiting in line somewhere or he's doing anything, he can just have a chat with somebody. But in Russia, 
people completely ignore strangers like you never start a conversation with a stranger in russia it's totally not a done thing but if someone introduces you to someone so if, if you're if i was walking down the road and i have a friend and he says oh meet so and so then that person will be very friendly but if i tried to talk to that same person by myself without the introduction they would think i'm something wrong with me these are cultural differences in different societies but it it goes to show how how deep this runs this fear of the outside fear of the unknown fear of people who are not part of the tribe part of the family and what's happening is a lot of people feel lonely and alone and even within families even within close relationships people aren't even opening up to each other so in the closest thing husbands and wives and you know close family whatever dynamic it is children grandparents even then a lot of people feel closed i was talking to someone yesterday who was telling me about her family dynamic and how she didn't feel she got the love from her mother that she needed there was a lot of bad vibes right from a young age you know so if it's happening at that level then no wonder what we're dealing with on a larger scale so this is basically the situation we're in is that there's this closed heart breaking up into groups and also to make it worse the powers that be have long ago figured out that they can divide and rule divide and rule this is something the british were very good at in india that they divided people into hindus and muslims or whoever it was different groups sikhs christians and divided them and had them all fighting against each other and once you have people fighting against each other and afraid of each other then the elite class can easily rule everyone because everyone's afraid of everyone else and that's what's going on now with this whole racism obsession with racism when i was growing up in england i didn't see any racism at all at all i actually maybe saw it once once or twice to be honest once or twice, when i was really young but apart from that i never saw it went to school lots of people never came across anything like that at all so that was back in the 90s right in the 80s and 90s so, so how it hasn't actually got worse racism's got better but people are now using divide and rule tactics to get people to be more racist and to see each other as different races and so this is a major major problem that is being promoted and getting worse and worse and we see the consequences that people are more negative more closed more nasty so this is a very dark situation to be in so what are we going to do about it what are we going to do about it well we need a paradigm shift a major shift in consciousness to get out of this and if you look into it all of the problems all of these problems with racism sexism tribalism all these things that are happening underneath it all 
is a lack of spiritual awareness. What is the one thing that connects all of us together? The one thing that connects us all together is that we're spiritual beings. The soul, the soul is the same. The soul is non-physical light. So there's no skin color in a soul. <laughs> the soul, there's not black souls and white souls, right? There's, they're all the same. They're all divine light, spiritual energy. There's no male and female souls. The soul is beyond gender. It's just pure light, pure consciousness, pure peace. The soul isn't younger or older. The soul is pure consciousness, pure light, infinite peace. So let's just take a moment now just to see yourself that way, that you are ageless, shining, pure light, infinite peace. You're a beautiful shining light and you've descended down onto this planet, into a body, whatever it happens to look like. And your body is a little bit like a vehicle, you know, or a puppet. There's different types of car makes and there's different types of puppets and some are bigger and smaller and different quirks and they're all a bit unique but the being behind it is the same this is a major paradigm shift that when you realize what this actually means it's a profound change in feeling state and in attitude because the world we live in is extremely body conscious. So there's there's the idea that women of a certain age, of a certain appearance, are beautiful and somehow have a higher value than others. You know, this is what the modeling industry has done to make, if you don't look like a supermodel, then there's something lacking in your sense of worth, according to society. Spiritual consciousness says that's, that's nothing to do with anything. You're a divine being. Your sense of worth and your sense of dignity has got nothing to do with your body. It's a huge relief, actually. A huge relief, personally, huge relief. so that you can detach your sense of worth and sense of value and sense of self from the body entirely. So you transcend 
any limits placed upon you based on your appearance. So your spirit can soar above everything. And it doesn't matter what the puppet looks like. <laughs> and then as you feel that in your heart and in your mind, then you can extend that vibration and that attitude and that vision to everyone else. Everyone else is the same as you. They're all light beings, divine beings, shining consciousness, pure consciousness. So it's not that some people are better than others because of what they look like. They're all pure consciousness. And even beyond that is moving out from being just pure consciousness to realizing this is my family. My family. This it brings the heart in. The heart is my family. It's a hugely different feeling when you wander around and you think everyone in the world is my family. And in a family, it's not that everyone... <laughs> necessarily acts in the most appropriate way at every given moment, as I'm sure you're aware. But there's a family, a feeling of family. So instead of thinking it's us versus them, we realize we're all spiritual beings, we're all the same. And it's all my family. So then, then we immediately have more compassion for everyone else and for ourselves. And I'm sure you've noticed in your life that when you have love in your heart and good feelings towards others, then they typically respond back towards you in a positive way. Not always, but in most cases. I experiment with this on a regular basis. I've noticed very, very clearly that if I'm in a higher state of consciousness, which I try to be all the time, but it's not always 100%, if I'm completely honest. But I do my best. So when I'm in a higher state of consciousness and I go on a walk, I've noticed that without really thinking about anything in particular, people seem to smile at me and wave at me and say hello. It's not because they know me, because not you know, they're people I've never met before on trails or on the beach or wherever I am. But when I'm not in a higher state of consciousness and I'm thinking about something, worrying about something or stressing out or whatever it is, people don't respond that way at all to me. They either ignore me or they seem somewhat concerned. I've noticed that in strangers, you know, with people you know, of course, it's even more obvious. If if you have good vibrations and you come come to see somebody, go to their house, or they come around to see you, 
if you're in a good mood and you're happy, then they start to feel happier and start smiling and laughing, and it's all <laughs> it's all fun and games. But if you know if you're in a bad mood, then you'll pull the other person down as well, or they'll pull you down. So it's a very very significant shift in feeling and vibration and response we get from people we know and people we don't know. And if we're not seeing ourselves as spiritual beings, having love for ourselves, and if we're not seeing others as spiritual beings, what we will be doing unconsciously is judging people based upon their appearance. So then we're responding to people on the outside, not based on who they are. And that's how these stereotypes and these situations keep repeating themselves, because people are being prejudged. Prejudice, the word prejudice, literally means pre-judging. So someone who thinks all you know Jewish people are like this, that's a pre-judgment or all black people are like this, or all gay people are like this, or all white people are like this, or all straight people are like this. You know, there's pre-judging and dividing. All Muslims are like this, all Hindus are like this, all Christians are like this. All Buddhists are like that, right? Everyone from the East is like this, everyone from the West is like that. You know, all these different ways of judging. Pre-judging. So this is body consciousness that happens unconsciously, pre-judging without even realizing it happened. So it does take effort on our, on our part to stop doing this and instead to make the effort to remember I am a spiritual being. And only then, really, only from us having that shift in consciousness can we then extend that out so that we can see other beings as spiritual beings. So one paradigm shift is to realize you're a spiritual being. That's a major, major, major change in consciousness. And don't underestimate how, how powerful this is. Most people have heard about this theoretically. And say, yeah, 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 I agree with that, totally. But the paradigm shift, paradigm shift means a change in actual perception, not just a change in theoretical book knowledge. You know, a lot, a lot of us have read a lot, but actually making that shift in consciousness that I am a bodyless, eternal, immortal being that is completely free. <laughs> this is a very drastic change in awareness that leads to a psychological change, a spiritual change, and a physiological, physiological, physical change in your body. When you're soul conscious, then you actually feel relaxed, 
illuminated very light very free I don't have any worries and you have an open heart And then from that state, we can realize everyone here is a spiritual being, everyone listening to this, and everyone around us is a spiritual being. Where I'm staying here, I'm staying in front of this, um, it's near a golf course, and there's like a trail, so people walking past. So I can either see them as these people, young people or old people or whatever it is, or I can see that they're all spiritual beings. We can't physically see the light, the spiritual light, because it's non-physical. Scientists won't be able to measure that light because it's not something you can measure with physical instruments. Something that, this is why we need the third eye. The third eye is the eye of awareness. It's the eye of spiritual vision. So we see something that is unseen through our spiritual awareness. It's a very, very rewarding and profound practice. You know, I mean, I have a lot of opportunity for this because I go on a lot of walks. And on the beach nowadays, there are a lot of in Hawaii, there are a lot of young, attractive women wearing very revealing bikinis. It's quite funny, the sort of clothing people wear nowadays. So I can either see them as attractive young ladies or old people. There's a lot of young people. Or I can see them as spiritual beings. Yeah, which one is better? It's, it's actually a beautiful thing to see everyone as a spiritual being, not to have an opinion one way or the other that someone is a certain way, looks a certain way. I'm not sure whether or not the people themselves are aware that they're spiritual beings, but I can have that consciousness. And it's a beautiful awareness to have that everyone is just divine light and not to get caught up in anything else I'm just giving that example because I'm in Hawaii and what do you do in Hawaii? You go to the beach so that's where I spend quite a lot of time but, you know, then there's driving around in the car. They're all, you see the car, you see people's faces a little bit through the windscreen, but you can remember these are all divine beings driving around in bodies, in cars. <laughs> it's quite funny. They're all, and you can have the awareness, this is my family, they're my family. That word mine can be used in a good way or a bad way. Typically, it's not used in a way that's helpful. It's normally used in a way that says, these are my people and these are not my people. And then that shuts our heart down and makes us divisive. 
So it's a big shift in consciousness. And we can't really truly say that everyone belongs to us on a deep level unless we're spiritually aware. Because if we're still seeing people as bodies, then physically they're not our people, they're not blood relatives, they're not part of our tribe even. So that becomes very difficult to actually in practice have that awareness unless we make this bigger shift that I'm this spiritual being. So then when you have this consciousness, you'll feel profoundly relieved personally because your your sense of self-worth and identity is based on something beautiful that is eternal and permanent and can't be threatened by changes in your body or your status. So this is a huge, huge, huge relief for us personally. And then we can open our heart to others, strangers, Then, but they're not really strangers, they're just people that we haven't met yet. I have a friend who I who lives here and I've gone on walks with her and she she's very good at just randomly talking to people. She's like her she's an older lady, she's part of her personality. She's she's um a kind of talkative person. And I said to her you you talk to everyone, you know. What what what's your uh, secret for doing that? You know, because I, I I also talk to people, but I'm not. I'm a bit more of a reclusive type of person, if I'm honest. But I still love to give everyone blessings and smile at them. And I I do have I do like talking to people, but it's not like I'm not active. I'm not very extroverted, basically. She's more extroverted. So I said, well, what is it that you're doing? And she said to me. Um, I just feel like I know everybody. Well, I thought that was a very interesting response. She, she's a spiritual person, practices these same meditation methods. I thought that's a fascinating response, that I feel like I know everybody. And I actually know what she's talking about, because when we go into that different state of consciousness, I, I genuinely feel a lot of the time like I'm seeing someone who I know and I'm not sure where, do I actually know them from seeing them around or did I meet them in the past? Or is it just a sort of spiritual feeling? I'm not sure which one it is, but either way there's that sense of feeling of belonging that we can have. So this is, this is a beautiful practice to develop. This is not something that just happens by itself. This is something that we can develop and experience. And of course, you know, people could criticize this and say, yes, but what about dangerous, crazy people, people who are out to get you, people who are trying to rob your house and things like that. There are, of course, people who do genuinely wish us harm and want to um, cause problems or take take over things or abuse situations, right? That's a re reality of the world that we live in, a lot of negativity around. In that case, what do you do? 
we have to be sensible and practical. So if we know someone has bad intentions, we're not going to just say, oh, here's my bank account number, here's my car keys, here's the keys to my house, you know, you hang out with my kids. You're not going to do that. That, that would be irresponsible. So we, we, when practically speaking, can still be careful around certain types of people if, if we know that they're a threat to us in some way. So that's one thing. But we can also open our heart and realize that they're still part of our family and they're just under an external influence because of programming, because of past negative experiences that they had, childhood traumas. Many, most people who do bad things in their life had various types of childhood trauma that have messed them up. And unless they get quite a significant amount of help and support over many, many years, they're not going to get out of that very easily. And that's not, not much they can do about it on their own. I remember being in California, sitting on a beach, on, on the steps above this beach in um, Laguna Beach, I think it was called. It was one of the beaches anyway. And... Um, I was sitting there having a cup of coffee and there was this guy who I sat down and had a chat with. And he he was all puffy and had like sunburn and, you know, he, he's a homeless guy, you know. And, and I was really thinking, what can I do to help him out? You know, because he's my spiritual family, you know, he's a soul, but his physical situation is a real mess. And he was telling me about, and he was sitting there, he had diabetes and he was drinking a can of beer at like eight o'clock in the morning. And I really felt for him because he's spiritual family. You know, he's, I had a heart and soul connection with him. But physically, I was wondering, what can we do to help? I mean, I'm not going to be there long. There's not much I can really physically do. He needs years of support to help him overcome those sorts of things. So there's not always something physically we can personally do to help somebody because there's so many people and there's so much need and so many different things. We can do as much as we can in our, the context we're in, and we can expand that context, and we can open our hearts to more people, and we can try and create systems and do as much as we can to help. But there's a limit to that physically. But one thing we can do is to give people that feeling of belonging and love. that they may never get from others. They might not be feeling that for years and years and years, and that's a really precious treasure. This is what Mother Teresa tried to do, that a lot of these people, the poor, poorest of the poor, in this, the slums of Calcutta, India, and she would give them the feeling of belonging, and the feeling of love. And they might die the next day, but they, they died with that awareness that they were loved. And it, and it meant so much to them. So this is something we can extend to others. And as you do this, as we all practice this, we personally feel deeply touched and, and in a higher state of consciousness and in a beautiful heart space by doing this. And we're living in a world now that is spiritually bankrupt. People are 
a lot of people are quite wealthy. I mean, of course, there's a lot of poverty as well, but there's a lot of wealth compared to previous generations. There's an enormous amount of wealth, relatively speaking. Nearly everyone has a cell phone, they have a car, they have something to eat, they have somewhere to live, right? Almost everyone has their needs met and beyond what they need. Most people have too much stuff in their house. So there's not like there's a lack of stuff, but there's a lack of love and there's a lack of belonging. And so many people are on their phone all day long. Why are they on their phone? Because they're looking for connection. They're looking for soul connection from somebody and they're not really getting it so they keep looking so if you can remember you're a spiritual being and you can have that consciousness and extend it to others that you're really giving a priceless experience through your beautiful presence And the people in our life personally need this perhaps even more than everyone else. Because even in families, even in close families, often people don't feel that from each other. So charity begins at home. We, we start first of all with ourselves. Am I aware that I'm a lovely spiritual being? Can I open my own heart f towards myself? Can I, have a, can I have a feeling of belonging with myself, first of all? Can I love and appreciate myself? You can really ask this question in your heart. Can you belong to yourself and love yourself? can open our hearts to the people we like around us can I love and care about them and and remember that you can't always solve people's problems that's a separate topic a lot of people need to go through whatever they need to go through and us trying to change them is actually slowing down the process of them coming back to their power so there's a limit to how much physically we can do for other people because it's a personal journey. If you've ever had someone try and change you, you realize it didn't work. <laughs> Not anyone who's tried to change you, you've no doubt resisted it and it didn't work at all. Whereas when you changed yourself, then it did work. So, so loving others is different from trying to change others. We talked about that in another session about the banana method. <laughs> you can listen to that but we first of all love and appreciate ourselves sincerely then we can have that love and care that feeling of belonging for our loved ones and then we can extend it out beyond the people we know to the people we meet and one of the wonderful things is that when you meet somebody and you say hello to them, then they become your friend. So then they're part of your family. You know, you just have a little connection. I was at the store yesterday talking to the guy who roasts the coffee. 
from Ben down there in Hanalei. Great coffee, freshly roasted. I'm drinking it now. And now Ben is my friend. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to necessarily hang out with him or anything, but it's nice that I can say hello to him and see how he's doing. I'm just giving an example. You extend our heart. There's another spiritual being there. And you can keep extending this out so there's more and more and more souls that you have love for. So it starts with yourself. And and remember, we're not just talking about having love for people. We're having love for the real being, which is a deeper thing and requires quite a lot of effort, to be completely honest. We're having to overcome bad habits, old habits of a very, very long time to make this shift from physical to spiritual. Many people love their own type of people. You know, if someone is the same age, the same gender, the same um, ethnic group, etc., 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 that typically is more love for the tribe, physical tribe. But what we're talking about here is how can you expand your love outside of the tribe, the physical tribe, to others who are not part of the tribe? physical tribe because on a spiritual level we're all the same when i was starting meditation i I had to really learn this on a deep level when i literally was i was 18 years old and i had a spiritual experience then i started going to a meditation center and i remember the first morning i arrived at the center at six o'clock in the morning and it was all a bit weird for me it was early in the morning and i wasn't used to going to meditation places and i opened the door to the meditation room and inside I looked around the room and it was all old women all of them I'm 18 right 18 years old I opened the door and there's like nine old women sitting on these white chairs wearing these like white shawls you know meditation and I sat down and I thought this is really a bit odd that here I am, 18-year-old, you know, I'm into, like, funky music and parties and all this stuff that I was into, you know, with my friends and, like, smoking weed and everything. And now I'm sitting in this room with these old women, like, in their 70s or 60s, 70s, 80s. And I remember thinking, this is a bit weird. This, These are not my people. I don't normally hang out with these old women. But then I realized, because the teachings that I'm sharing with you, I didn't invent this stuff, I learned this, this is Raj Yoga, that that we're all spiritual beings, we're all spiritual beings, so that they're not actually old women at all, they are divine beings of light. And then I felt relaxed. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm seeing them in the wrong way. I, I checked myself. I said, no, no, I'm not seeing this correctly. These are spiritual beings who happen to be in the body of an old woman. And coming to Kauai recently, all my mother and all the friends, and they're all, they're all like in their 70s and 80s, right? So I've been hanging, <laughs> hanging around with old women again recently, you know, but they're not really old women. They're spiritual beings. 
right? So it's easy to sort of be friendly and nice to the people of the same age as us, same sort of thing, people who do the same stuff. I mean, there's a certain rapport we have with people like that, and there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. Like, I'm an entrepreneur, and I like to hang out with entrepreneurs because we can talk about certain things that other people don't understand. So that's nice. I'm not saying we should never do that. What we're talking about is expanding our love beyond these little groups that we're in into everywhere so if the political party if you're into politics the political party that you didn't vote for can you love them can you see them as spiritual beings a part of your family and what a wonderful change that would be in america <laughs> and in the world So we expand, open our hearts. And we see beyond these limits. This is great service. This is spiritual service. This is something you can do that's actually making a difference. Because for the world to change, the, the change is a change of consciousness. And where does that consciousness start? It starts with us today, right now. So let's just take a moment. Just imagine that you see everyone in your life as a spiritual being, as part of my family, your family. Just hold, let's just hold that vision for one minute. How would you feel if this next week you remembered that you're a spiritual being again and again and again and you love yourself as, as the light and the pure consciousness the beautiful soul you are and you also saw everyone in your family that way And you extended your love out beyond your little social group, out into the larger world, and saw all of them as my family, as part of your family. just feel your heart expanding just notice the difference if you if you can do this which you can if you want if you want to do it you can do it you'll notice a certain peace and relaxation and a certain expansive loving vibration extends from your heart out all around you
And little practice is this week, just smile at everyone you meet and see them as a spiritual being sending your love. And just notice what happens. See what happens for one week. Remember, you're a divine light. Open your heart and smile at people. Smile at the soul. And it's really wonderful service because a lot of people never smile. And when they see someone who smiles, they'll feel better. So take it to heart. Hopefully this has been useful. And try it out for one week. And notice how you feel. Just notice how you feel. All these things are experiments. And when we have the experience ourselves in a personal way, then we know in our heart what it feels like. So I want to send you so much love, sending you so much love and, and gratitude for your beautiful presence and what a beautiful difference you're making in the world. Thank you so much for being here. And wishing you a beautiful, 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 blessed week, a heartful week, a loving week, a magical week, a transcendent week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lots of love. Talk to you soon. Aloha. It's been such a beautiful time together. Thank you for listening. Think of one person who needs this and share this with them. If you have any questions for us, please send them to shareyourquestion.com. Go to spiritualrecharge.com for more free meditations, talks, and courses. We thank you for your beautiful presence. Keep shining your divine light in our world. So much love, and we'll connect soon.